1: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello everyone. So we are heading into spring break next week for our kids. So really excited, have some fun things planned around the city that we have not done yet. I will be posting those up on Instagram. If you'd like to follow me there, Iron Mom 2020 If you want to check out our adventures and see my parenting tips that I post there, that's ironmom2020. Okay. If you are up north I hope that you are warming up. We certainly are here, thank goodness. Um, If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I hope that you're enjoying some cooler days down there. Hope they're coming um, in for you. Okay, so I want to cover some great topics today. Um, Another tool for working with kids that I have not covered really much at all in the podcast, and I haven't really gone into much detail that I can remember, and if I have, it's been a very long time. So I want to be sure to cover this today and cover it well, cover it more in depth than I have covered it any time in the past. So this tool, you can use toddlerhood all the way through adolescence. It is a great tool. It decreases power struggles, meltdowns, and stress for everyone, children and parents. So I'm going to be sure to cover that really nicely in depth. The other topic is anxiety and fears in children. I have gotten three emails in the last month about different anxieties and fears in different scenarios with children. And so I wanna cover all three of those today because this just seems to be a really common struggle that parents have. How do they help their child with these anxieties and fears? They don't wanna be cold about it. They don't wanna just shut down their children's fears and anxieties, but they also don't wanna coddle them. So they're asking questions about this and I'm gonna talk about each of the scenarios that came in and then give answers for each of these. So we're going to start with the anxieties and fears in children starting in toddlerhood all the way through. These are steps and tips you can implement throughout as well as when to engage in getting some kind of an assessment if they're getting to be too big and too overwhelming to handle at home. So because the questions take some time to read I'm going to just give some um, background information for each scenario rather than go into all the details of the question but you'll get the basic idea and then um, I will answer each I will answer in general about anxiety and fears and then address each of these um, through those steps and tips but this way it gives me more time to answer the questions and really go into more detail. So for some quick background, Jill has a two and a half year old son who's getting very fearful and anxious around strangers and gatherings, even when she is there in the room. They're doing very small gatherings right now, just with immediate family, but she knows as things open up that this will become more of an issue for them. So she wants to have tools available to help her child get more comfortable with family and neighborhood gatherings as these start to open up. Then Ethan was asking about shyness and anxiety at the park. So very similar scenario, but his daughter isn't engaging with other kids. She'll maybe go down the slide, then kind of wants to stay by his side. She'll only go play if he's there right beside her. He would like her to Um, engage with other children, to have that experience, to um, enjoy her peers, to learn some social skills and some play skills and just have fun. He's afraid she's not having fun so he wants to know how can he help her become more interested in playing with her peers at the park and not being so afraid. Then Raina um, emailed in and asked about her six-year-old son who is struggling at night times all of a sudden. He's wanting more support at bedtime. He's not wanting to stay in his room alone. Um, And he has had a few bouts of this, uh, age three and a half to four, then also had another bout again around the age of five. Um, It's been pretty good. And now it is peaking again. So she is wondering if this is something normal or if this is something that keeps coming and going, if she should have it looked into deeper. So first, I'm going to talk about fears and anxieties, normal in childhood, and then when it might be too much, when it's time to think about getting an assessment, bringing in some outside help. So preschool, even earlier, through early elementary, these fears are normal, fear of the dark, fear of sleeping alone, monsters under the bed, monsters in the closet, fear of being left at school, the separation anxiety obviously can start early. Um, These are very normal fears. Children these ages are really having a big explosion of imagination and creative play. So because of this, Sometimes their imagination can get carried away with them. That's where you start to see the monsters in the bedroom, the monsters in the closet, the monsters under the floor, and any and all kinds of scenarios that they may make up in their head that just get way blown out of proportion than anything of reality that may possibly happen. Also, they're having a realization of vulnerability because they are now realizing they are separate, From their parents, from their caregivers, because they're becoming more independent and they're separating further physically, especially if they're going to school, they start to realize that there's more vulnerability because when they don't have that caregiver right there, they are more vulnerable out on their own. And so having that security can help them to feel more comfortable exploring their independence. But that can be really Um, For some kids, they're going to struggle with it more than other kids. Some kids will go off and play at the park, they'll go off and play at school and never look back. That is rare, but it does happen. There are other kids who are like way more clingy, way more concerned, struggle with that a lot more. So you will see a wide range of normal. So if you see your kid is the one clinging to your leg at drop off or doesn't want to go play with the other kids at the park know that this is normal behavior. Um, just because all the other kids are interacting doesn't mean that your child is struggling or has some issue that is requires professional um, intervention by any means. That kid that's off talking to all the kids today may have been the kid clinging to his mom's leg or dad's leg yesterday. You just don't know. So these are all very normal Their logic and reasoning skills are very limited at these young ages. So they've got a lot of imagination, they've got a lot of creativity, but their ability to logically think through how possible is this really, this scenario, or are my fears really valid? They just don't have the logical capacity to really think about it. So those creative imagination just kind of takes over in these situations. So behaviors can get problematic. When they are problematic is when you want to start to talk to a pediatrician, think about having an assessment. Here's what we mean by problematic, because a kid will cling to your leg, cry, scream, yell, you'll shut the door and let school, we're saying (laughs) you're going to school, and then as soon as you leave, within a few minutes, they calm down, they're happy the rest of the day. That is very normal. Um, But there are kids who may sit in their room and cry for hours, afraid of the dark, or even if you have a light on, afraid of something in the closet, something under the bed. They um, sit at school alone in the corner, not engaging with friends, not engaging with teacher for hours at a time. This is when there's something deeper going on, when it's time to get some outside help with that. That is when it's problematic, when there's some deeper anxieties and fears that definitely need to be addressed, and the child definitely needs... um, some therapy intervention, some coping skills, and looking at what might be happening underneath. Here are all the steps to helping children work through anxieties and fears. You want to encourage your child to talk about it. You want to give simple explanations. You want to label their emotions. I can see that you are feeling sad that I am leaving you at school today. You can do some role play. So you can use stuffed animals, you can use puppets, and you can role play about what is happening. Let your child use some kind of an animal to be the bear that is afraid of going to school that day. Let your child be the puppy who's afraid to stay in the room at night and have them do play through it because a lot of times they will share a lot more deeply when they are doing it through this um, imaginative type play or through another character. This is actually a great tip and a great tool for learning anything. If they're struggling with anger, if they're having outbursts, um, you can have them do this kind of play through an animal, through their stuffed animals and talk about it that way. It's sometimes much easier because there's kind of a mask in there that allows them to feel more comfortable opening up and talking about it more. Then you want to give, so whether you do the play at home or not, um, this is another step, is you want to give lots of reassurance. So you've encouraged your child to talk about it, to talk about their fears, what's happening with that. Then you want to give lots of reassurance. So with the school, I can see you're really sad that I'm leaving you at school today. But I will be back to pick you up at 3 o'clock just like I am every day. And I'll be very excited to hear about your day when I do. You can also, um, another thing is you can remind them about all the great things that happen during the day. I can't wait to hear about all the fun things that you do with your friends at school today. What book your teacher reads to you today. What kind of um, creative play you do on the playground today. Whatever it is that they're really into. What you build with your blocks today. Talk about all those great things that happen during the separation. You want to listen to and answer all of their questions. So if they are, you know, you want to allow them that time, that space to ask questions. And then you want to be sure to answer all of the questions as best you can. You want to give empathy. So you want to empathize with them, empathize with their feelings, acknowledge them. Just like I said, I can see that you're feeling scared, that you really don't like to be alone in your room at night. Then you can ask about what might help them feel better. Now you can do this just in a conversation. You can do that during the play through the stuffed animals or the, or the puppets. Um and come up with some things that might make them feel better about staying in their room alone at night, about being dropped off at school. And they're much more likely to be more creative again, because they've got this other character that they can kind of open up with. They can get a little more creative. They get a little more open and loose and open to ideas. So you can work through that that way. Then you want to set the boundary. So whatever that boundary is, so if it's school drop-offs, you, whatever your goodbye routine is, you're never going to sneak out, right? I talk about that in the uh, separation anxiety class. One of the don'ts: you don't, you never sneak out. But you set the boundary, and then you let them know, "I will be back to pick you up at three o'clock." just like I am every day, and you stay up to you know whatever. I'm going to stay for three more minutes, we're going to give hugs goodbye, and then you're gonna go with your teacher, or you're gonna go sit with your friends, whatever it is. So you're gonna set that boundary, same with bedtimes. We'll stay in here for five more minutes, I'm gonna rub your back, then it's gonna be time for bedtime. So you're gonna set those boundaries. You're gonna give them practice and small steps in certain scenarios. So let's say they are afraid of um, swimming in the swimming pool. So you're gonna do small steps where you're gonna sit on the edge of the pool. You're gonna sit there together, dip your feet in. Then you're going to have them stand up in the pool and take one more step and you're gonna stand there right with them or you're going to hold them in the pool and carry them around the water. You're gonna take little steps, do that with a bike. What if they're afraid of riding their bike? Feels kinda scary. First, they're going to sit on the bike, and you're even going to hold it. It's got wheels, especially if they're little. You got the balance wheels, whatever. Or if you're learning them, teaching them to ride a bike without the wheels, you're going to do step by step. Sit on the bike. You're holding it. It's sturdy. No, nobody's going anywhere. Then you are going to have them um, sit on the bike, and you're going to push it with them, and you're going to push it down a house or two. And then you know you're going to slowly um, allow them this process to get more comfortable with whatever it is that they're struggling with. So you're gonna give them these small steps moving towards the goal of getting into the water and swimming or getting them on their bike by themselves without you having to push it or pull it. Okay, I have a couple of more tips on fears and anxieties with children. And then I'm also gonna talk about this other tool that is really great for um, managing or for reducing meltdowns, power struggles, a lot of stress for both parents and kids right after a word from our sponsor. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Online visits, refills, and a 24 seven care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one minute free assessment to see if Dunn can help. Two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow. 3. Start receiving ongoing care. Enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry free refills, and 24 7 care. Take a free one minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24 7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at Get donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Another tip for working through fears and anxieties is we don't want to avoid the fearful situation. We want to help our kids face the fearful situation and work through it because Life is full of these situations. Even as adults, we come up against situations very commonly in our day-to-day lives that make us nervous, that we're really afraid to um, do, embrace, try, but you know what? We do it anyway. That is life. So being brave doesn't mean not being afraid. Being brave means being afraid and doing it anyway. Again, being brave means still being afraid, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, whatever that is. So we are giving our kids practice at feeling the fear and doing it anyway, and we're there to support them through it. So we're not going to avoid it. We're going to work through it. We're going to help them face it move through that fearful situation. We're going to teach them coping skills. We're going to teach them some deep breathing. We're going to teach them not to let their thinking get out of control, to spiral down this direction where they're so afraid they're just paralyzed. We're going to stop them before they get too far down that path. We're going to teach them how to stop that thinking. And this is going to be more for older kids, um, especially um, elementary, middle school teens. You may see some more of that. Also, we're going to stay calm. We're going to keep whatever fears we have to ourselves because our fear response will just elicit their fear response or kick up their fear response even more than they already have it. So we need to keep our fear under control. Now, I get this on my kids go to swim meets, which we haven't done in a while, but I am always so nervous for them. I see them standing up on the block ready to go before that. Beep goes off, and I'm always so nervous for them. I don't know what I'm nervous about, but I get nervous. They're, obviously, there's nothing that's going to happen to them. They're going to do perfectly great. The worst thing that could possibly happen is they get DQ'd because they didn't do something properly in the technique or whatever. But I always get so nervous for them, but I can't let them see it. So, we're going to not let them see our fear, our anxiety around whatever it is they're doing. And they're giving a speech, whatever. We are going to support them through that process and help them face it. and overcome it and we're going to be proud of them. And I know I talk about not telling your kids you're proud, but these are the instances you absolutely can be proud for them. You, They get up there and they do something and you are proud of them. Tell them so when they overcome a fear and do something amazing. Be proud. Let them know. That's totally great. Okay, so we're going to talk, uh, so now I want to talk a little bit about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. This is teaching children the difference between their thoughts, their feelings, and their behaviors. Now, you're not gonna go into this type of dialogue until they're at least six, more likely seven or above. So, when your children struggle more than um, and you're and you want some to work through this, cognitive behavioral therapy is often what is used. It's the modality that is used for helping kids work through this, and adults too. Um, but you can do some of this at home if your children's fears are more minor um, and you just want to help them with this process. But you, if you go to a therapist, you may see this or t- talked about or hear about it used. So our thoughts will create feelings, which can then bring about certain behaviors. So if we are having negative thoughts, anxious thoughts, and then we start to let them go too far we start to have anxious feelings. We might start to um, not just have anxious feelings, but our heart rate is going to raise. We are hyperventilating or paralyzed. We refuse to do something. We start to cry. And then these behaviors start to come out having these types of meltdowns, crying, um, you know, just big fear responses. So it goes from thinking to feeling to behaving. So we want to stop the thinking. Before it gets too far down the road, and you can help your kids do this. One of the ways is making sure they're getting enough downtime. This may sound simple. Make sure they're getting enough downtime because if they're just pushed to the edge, there it's really going to affect how much they can handle. Um, so as an example, so my daughter had this fear response doing a swim meet one time, she was a little year old. She had just started swimming again. She hadn't been doing this for a long time. The meet was very small. They put all the girls together and she was standing up there next to a 12 and a 13 year old girl who towered over her in the two um, blocks right next to her. And she looked at them. She's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting up there. She was very afraid of swimming against these older girls. And so I had to help her work through her thought process, and I let her know that she is just swimming for her today, that she is only doing this to get her own time in this stroke, and that her times are only going to be with other eight-year-old girls, not with 12 and 13-year-old girls, and that those two girls who were standing up there were eight once too, and they remember what that was like, and that they are very proud of her for being there, because I knew they were, I could tell. Like, they look over, and they're just like, they had these faces where they're like, oh my gosh, this little girl is here doing this. And it's just amazing to see little kids doing something that the big girls are doing too. And she got up on that block and she did it and she did a great performance. She had a great time. It was 50 freestyle. It was the first time she was doing it and she got a really great time. So helping them stop those thoughts before they let them spiral out of control where they're just have this whole fear response around it. Okay, so now I want to get into this next tool and it's called scaffolding. Scaffolding is exactly what it sounds like. It is supporting our kids through a process and then taking away the support over time as they are able to do things more independently. So you can start this from the very youngest ages and it goes all the way through. You're going to be doing this all the way through their childhood. So you can start at the youngest ages with things like getting dressed in the morning, getting their teeth brushed, getting their shoes on, um, getting themselves a snack as they get older, homework as they get older, just scaffolding them through each and every process. So let's say you've got a toddler who is just saying they can't get dressed or they can't get their shirt on. Um, you're going to help them through each step of the process. Um, another one might be shoes. They're saying they're not sure how to get their shoes on or they don't know how to get their shoes on. So you want to start with, why don't you go pick out the shoes and bring them to me and I will help you get your shoes on. So they're doing some part of the independence themselves. They can go get the shoes. We know they can handle that. Even though we know they can probably handle the whole thing, they're feeling nervous about it. Okay, figure out what it is that they are able to do themselves and then have them do that piece. If they push back about getting the shoes, okay, let's go get the shoes together. And then you walk over with them and then you say, which, you know, you have them pick out their pair or and they can pick it up. And carry it over to the couch. Like, just you wanna just help them along to only to the degree that they are showing that they need it. Otherwise, you're gonna let them handle it. So, you get the shoes, you're sitting down. Okay, can you put the shoes on by yourself? No, I need your help. Okay, I'm gonna put the shoes on, but you're gonna strap them yourself. So you're letting them do as much as they can do on their own or willing to do on their own that day. And then over time, they gain more confidence. You can back off. It keeps from a whole meltdown about you can do your shoes. You need to do your shoes. You go get your shoes. You go get them on right now. I'm going to count to one, two, three. We're not getting snack after this until you get your shoes on. You're avoiding that whole fiasco because you're just going to scaffold them through it. So again, you can use this all the way through. So let's talk about homework for older kids. So they're struggling with a math problem. You can scaffold them through it. So figure out what they know and what they don't. Okay, here's the math problem. How do you think you're gonna get started? Sometimes they know how to get started and they can get it started, but then they don't know another step after that. Great, have them start it. If they don't know how to start it, okay, here's the first step. We're gonna multiply these two numbers together. What do you get when you multiply two times six? You're gonna ask them, where does the two go? Where does the one go? See if they know. If they don't, then show them. Every step of the way, you want to ask them so that you can let them give as much of the answer themselves as they can. Let's say they have a big project for high school that they've got to get done and they've got like a month or six weeks to do it and it just feels overwhelming. They don't know where to start. Ask them, where do they think they should start? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even know what I want to do it on. I don't know what I... You're going to help them get started on the research. Okay, I think you need to start with some research. What are a couple areas that you're interested in? Where What are some websites you can go to to learn a little bit more about this or some books or whatever it is that they their resources are for getting some answers to that? See what they know, what they can do on their own. If they don't, let's go look up some websites together. Let's see what sounds like a really good website to help you get started. And then you're going to come up with a list of websites. Let them do the research. Let them come back and give you what they wanna do for their project. Then help them come up with a list of materials. I think we're gonna need some materials. What do you think we need? Okay, let's go get them over the weekend so you can get started. And you're just gonna just help support them through the process. Then the next time they have to do that same task, you know where their sticking points are, you know what they're able to do and you're gonna slowly back off over time. It is just a great tool for minimizing these struggles and um, helping them feel more secure, feel more confident, and helps them to go from feeling completely overwhelmed to, okay, the next time I know where to start, I know how to get started, and then ask for help at the following steps and just get them from that place of, I don't even know what to do, to I've got this by the time you know they've gone through this several times. So, it's a really great tool. Some of the classes that can also help with this are I love these classes, raising responsible kids and teaching a growth mindset will really help your kids feel more independent, grow more independence in all of these areas. So, those are some great classes for raising really successful kids. Obviously, separation anxiety class, if you're dealing with some separation anxiety, all of the positive discipline classes, which are about setting up a strong foundation for communication, for mutual respect and really helps your children thrive in the world, helps you have a great relationship. So when it comes to these types of things where everybody's struggling, you've got that really solid foundation to work through these things together. You can find those on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at Thanks for listening and see you next week.